This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Hello, Ravens fans. Hope everyone out there in the Ravens flock is doing well. Hope you all had a great week, a short week with Labor Day on Monday. And while it was a difficult week in Baltimore, hope you all have still had a good week and are getting ready for week one of the NFL regular season. And it's officially football season. The NFL season is here. It's officially the best time of the year. Had a great matchup Thursday night. Dallas versus Tampa Bay. Very exciting game. Have tons of exciting matchups to watch on Sunday while us Ravens fans are patiently waiting for our game Monday night versus the Las Vegas Raiders. So again, the best time of the year is here. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Raven Up Podcast. You know the deal by now. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Raven Up Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. And tell a friend, tell the Ravens fan, one of your friends, to check out this podcast. Let them know where you're getting your Ravens news. So in our episode this week, we recap the week that was in Baltimore. Between contract extensions and injuries, a lot was going on this week. I bring you guys up to speed on what went down. We also preview the Ravens opening game versus the Raiders, give you guys some key matchups to watch and offer my prediction for Monday night. And then we also talk about what our fellow AFC North opponents are up to this Sunday and what to look for. So let's get right into it. To start things off, I just have to say injuries suck. There's no other way around it. Injuries suck. I don't want to hear people talking about, oh, the Ravens are training too hard or they have to change something in their strength and conditioning program or their field's in bad shape. I don't want to hear any of that. Injuries suck. No way around it. They are the worst. But before we break down what went wrong this week in Baltimore, I wanted to start on a positive note, and that's Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews signed a four-year, $56 million extension this week, making him the third highest paid tight end in the league behind Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, two studs of tight ends. And this is a well-deserved contract extension for Mark Andrews. He's one of the Mars' favorite targets, if not his favorite target. And I love this move for, for Mark and for the Ravens and as a Ravens fan. We bring back one of the Mars again, his favorite target, I would say, either him or Hollywood, but he's an extremely hard worker. He's a leader. He's caught 17 touchdowns over the last two seasons. That's most among all tight ends. That's more than Travis Kelsey. That's more than George Kittle. So I was really excited to see that we had locked up Mark Andrews. He was going to be a free agent after this season, and it's a well-deserved contract, as I said. He's an extremely hard worker, he's a leader, and he's an important piece to this team, especially a team that's building around Lamar Jackson. So I was really excited to see that contract extension, saw a lot of his teammates reacting, and we're very pleased to see that extension from Mark Andrews. But that kind of ended the good news in terms of roster news this week, and what followed was just 
extremely, extremely bad luck. It started with Justice Hill, who he's been injured a lot of camp anyway. He had a hamstring injury. He was working his way back. He was going to have a decently large role on the offense and special teams with uh, J.K. Dobbins already being hurt. And then Justice Hill goes out and tears his Achilles. He's out for the year. So that's a bummer. Now we got Dobbins hurt, Justice Hill's out. But, hey, at least we still have Gus Edwards, and Gus will be able to just pound the rock. I've said on this podcast, Gus was going to run for over 1,000 yards, but we're, we're going to get there. We're going to go in kind of chronological order here. So Justice Hill gets hurt, tears his Achilles out for the year. But let's sign, sign Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. We still have Gus. We need more of that receiving threat. We kind of do it all running back. And Le'Veon signed to the practice squad. He wasn't in camp, so he's definitely going to need some time to get up to uh, game speed. He's not just going to be able to come in off the streets after not participating in any sort of training camp and be ready to play. But I'm intrigued, I would say. I'm not super high on Le'Veon Bell at this point in his career. Since he took that year off in Pittsburgh where he wanted a new contract and then he signed the next year with the Jets. I believe it was two years with the Jets before getting traded to Kansas City and really just haven't seen him perform at a high level recently. But would love to see what he can do in this offense. However, I'm not getting my hopes up. So Le'Veon signed to the practice squad, and then things just got really, really bad. It was, I think it was Thursday. It's like 4 o'clock. I go on Twitter, and I see Ian Rappaport tweet, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, both within the span of plays going down with potentially season-ending injuries. And when you see that, You always hope, well, maybe they got it wrong. Maybe there's a chance, a small, small chance. Maybe there's a chance they're wrong. But unfortunately for the Ravens, both of those guys went down with torn ACLs. And it was was a light day. Again, some people you see right away on Twitter, some people are talking about, oh, these guys, they're, they're practicing too hard or Coach Harbaugh works them too hard. It was a light day. The Ravens weren't even in pads. They were in shells. They just had helmets on and... A couple of freak injuries happen, and we lose two high-impact players. But we're going to break down what this means, who is going to be replacing these guys, and what it means for the Ravens. But to start, Marcus Peters, that, that hurts. That hurts a lot. Um, Marcus is extremely valuable in this defense. He plays great man coverage. He is a true ball hawk. I would consider Marlon Humphrey a little bit more of a complete cornerback, but Marlon is, or I'm sorry, Marcus is the ball hawk. He's the guy who will get that pick six, or he will lead the team in interceptions. I wouldn't have been surprised at all. You can always count on him for the takeaways. So losing Marcus, that that hurts. That hurts a lot. And while, yes, the secondary is deep, um, this means Anthony Averett's going to need to step up. Our Darius Washington, Chris Restry, Brandon Stevens, they're all going to need to step up, but this one hurts. Gus Edwards, it hurts too, but as I've talked about on this podcast with the Ravens and their downhill rushing attack, being able to replace a Gus Edwards is going to be a little bit easier than replacing a Marcus Peters. was really looking forward to seeing Marcus play this year, but Moving on to Gus again, torn ACL. It's brutal. I talked on this podcast. Gus was easily going to run for over 1,000 yards this season, especially with 17 games being played. He was going to be the featured back with Dobbins already going down. 
I just really feel for him. This was going to be his first year as really having the opportunity to be the lead back. He's gotten better and better each and every year, and he goes down with a freak ACL injury. So thoughts and prayers out to Gus and Marcus and all these guys who have already been injured. It's I have the list in front of me. LJ Fort tore his ACL in the preseason game, I believe, versus the Panthers. J.K. Dobbins tears his ACL in the next game versus the football team. Justice Hill tears his Achilles in practice and training camp. Marcus Peters, torn ACL. Gus Edwards, torn ACL. And then Rashad Bateman will likely be out the entire month of September with the groin injury he sustained in training camp. So that's many, like five season-ending injuries already that the Ravens have already had. And uh, we got to fix that. I don't know what we can do to fix it, but we got to hope these guys stay healthy. And again, as I said, injuries, they suck. There's no other way around it. There's no other way to say it. It's a good thing the Ravens have a deep roster because even with these injuries, with Gus going down and Marcus going down, the secondary still looks okay. Thankfully, there's a lot of running backs out there that we can replace them with. Latavius Murray gets cut in New Orleans. Then a week later, he's signed by the Ravens. Devontae Freeman uh, was also signed, who had been in training camp. So both of them, they again, had been in training camp previously, so they are currently in in gain shape. They are ready to go at this moment. I think Latavius Murray, he's a really good fit in the Ravens' downhill rushing offense. Um, he's a bigger running back. He's kind of one of those one-cut-and-goes guys. He's strictly north and south. Could be really a Gus Edwards lookalike in this offense, so I do think he has a home in this offense. He'll have a role for sure. I would like to see Tyson Williams get the chance to be the the feature back to start things off. Talked about him a lot on this podcast. He's looked really great in the preseason and in training camp. So would like to see him have a shot. You see occasionally undrafted free agent running backs come into the league. Arian Foster comes to mind and he turns into really a superstar. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here with Tyson Williams, but he is coming into a good situation with the Ravens running scheme, their offense, their offensive line, Lamar Jackson uh, always being a threat. So I want to see Tyson get a chance. And then I think Batavius Murray could play that Gus Edwards role as kind of the secondary 10 to maybe 12 carries a game. And then Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, anything they give you would just be a plus for me. I'm not counting on much from those guys, but we'll see what they could bring in a limited role. So again, Injuries, they just suck. They they suck, and it's the quickest way to just potentially have your season go up in flames. But, again, it's a good thing the Ravens are deep. They look okay for now. They might be able to hang on. But we really need good health here the rest of the way because, as any football fan knows, you are going to sustain more injuries in the season. That's the scary part. You look at the Ravens' depth now at running back. Yeah, they signed a bunch of guys. They might be fine. But especially at cornerback, you know, and the Ravens' corners specifically, Tavon Young has battled season-ending injuries his whole career. Jimmy Smith, who is currently hurt and needs to come back, who knows how many games he'll play. Um, Anthony Averett did miss some time last year with an injury. So who knows what these guys are going to go through once the season starts. But from this point on, we need the Ravens to be healthy and not have to deal with additional injuries because that's when things can really turn south. If you have a couple guys go down during the season and then you're really bringing in guys off the streets. So we need these season ending injuries to stop ASAP. If another guy tears his ACL, I'm I'm just done. I'm going to be done. I don't know what else to say, but enough on injuries. Nick Boyle, 
He was put on IR, designated to return within the past day or so. So that means he's going to be out until at least week four for Nick Boyle coming back from his season-ending injury last season. That just means Eric Tomlinson is going to have a little bit of a role here early on as the blocking tight end. And that's okay to me. For for Nick Boyle, I want him to come back fully healthy. Don't want to rush it for him. So let him take his time in recovery where you use Eric Tomlinson as that blocking tight end. And then Josh Oliver will also get some time uh, at tight end as well. So that was a lot of news to cover. Wanted to bring you guys up to speed and offer my opinion, my thoughts on those moves. Hopefully we'll have less injury news the rest of the way. But let's move into our next segment. Regular season football is upon us, and I just have to say it feels so good to be breaking down, previewing a meaningful regular season game, football game that actually means something. So as I've said, and as most Ravens fans probably know, the Ravens are playing Monday night versus the Las Vegas Raiders. It's going to be the Raiders' first game in their new stadium with fans obviously last year was a covid season no fans allowed so it's going to be a crazy atmosphere it's in vegas everything's always crazy in vegas they're going to have fans for the first time and those it's going to be rocking no other way to say i'm excited can't wait to watch and the raiders last year they went eight and eight had a decent season offensively they Bring back Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Henry Ruggs, former Raven, Darren Waller. Have some weapons on offense for sure. Weren't bad, I would say, average on offense last year. Defensively is where they struggled, really struggled. Gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points. So it'll be interesting to see the Raiders this year. Again, they have some talent on offense. Defense, not sure if they are going to be up to the task. The Ravens will also see some familiar faces. Yannick Nengagwe and Willie Sneed will be on the field playing the Ravens, playing their former team. It will be interesting to see if those guys making a noise versus the Ravens. But I wanted to highlight some key matchups, some key things that I'll be watching that will have a big impact on this game. The first of which is the Ravens linebackers and safeties matched up against Darren Waller, former Raven Darren Waller. Uh, love his story of battling against uh, some drug abuse and coming out stronger on the other side and seems like he really has has his life together now. So love that about him. Wish him the best, but he's a beast. No other way to put it. Uh, his size and speed really makes him a matchup nightmare, and the Ravens are going to need to contain him because I do think our secondary, even after losing Marcus Peters, I do think we can hold up okay versus the Raiders wide receivers, but if Darren Waller has one of those games where he's he's can easily pop off for 150, 160 yards and two touchdowns, that's what's going to do the Ravens in if they do that. So it's going to be on uh, Patrick Queen. It's going to be on Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott to keep their eyes on Darren Waller and limit him. He's going to get his catches for sure. I could easily see him coming down with six, seven balls, but need to, the Ravens need to keep him in front of them. Don't let him... Beat them deep and don't let him be the one to beat them. I would much rather have a Henry Henry Ruggs or uh, Willie Sneed beat the Ravens. I just don't see that happening. So that's a huge matchup to watch. If we can shut down Darren Waller, I don't see Josh Jacobs uh, beating us on the ground much. Derek Carr is a solid quarterback, but I just think if we limit Darren Waller, then we can limit their offense as a whole. Something else I'll be watching, the Ravens pass rush. Obviously, 
no Yannick, no Matthew Judon. Justin Houston is going to be in. Odafe away is another face, a new face. He'll be in, but really interested to see what those two new guys can can bring to the Ravens. Hopefully the defensive line will be able to bring more of a pass rush this year. The Ravens, no matter what, they're always going to be bringing pressure and wink Martindale system. They're always going to be blitzing extra linebackers, blitzing corners off the edge. But I want to see this defensive line generate more pressure without having to blitz. So I'm looking at Justin Houston, Calais Campbell, Justin Matabike is probably going to get some more playing time because Derek Wolf seems like he's going to miss this game with a, uh, a back issue. So really just looking for anyone to create some pressure along the defensive line. And again, I'm not expecting the Ravens to sit back in coverage, not bring any pressure. They're going to be blitzing. I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Queen is very involved and I just want to see who's generating pressure from the D-line. Really hoping Justin Matabike, we've talked about him a lot. He's had a great preseason. Would love to see him with a sack or Justin Houston or Calais Campbell with some early action against the Raiders' offensive line. And then on the other side of the ball, we stay in the trenches. But what does the Ravens' offensive line look at? Again, we've talked about the Ravens' offensive line a lot on this podcast, but a lot of questions at almost every position, to be honest. Ronnie Stanley coming back from season-ending uh, ankle surgery, does he look healthy? I'm sure he is not at 100% to start the season, but he'll be out there, it seems like. How healthy does he look? And then you move at left guard. It seems like Ben Powers is going to get the starting nod. It wouldn't surprise me. The Ravens kind of did like a rotation last year at right tackle. It almost wouldn't surprise me if we see like Ben Powers in there one series, Tyree Phillips in there another series, maybe even Ben Cleveland, although it seems like he's a little bit of a ways off before he's getting playing time. But how does left guard look? It's really the only spot that's kind of up for grabs. Again, seems like Ben Powers will have the opportunity. He's kind of wanted out of default just by staying healthy. But how does he look at left guard? Bradley Bozeman shifting over to center. Should be solid. Hope we can rely on him. But he's playing a position he hasn't played since he was in college three, four years ago. So hopefully he is snapping the ball not over the Mars head. Saw that way too much last year. Just wanted him to be consistent at center. Kevin Zeitler is going to be making his Ravens debut at right guard. He's dealt with some injuries this preseason in training camp. But would love to see him looking fresh, looking healthy, and on the way to replace Marshall Yonda from two years ago. Hall of Fame Marshall Yonda, I might say, at right guard. And then you have big Alejandro Villanueva at right tackle. A new position again for him coming over from the Steelers. Former left tackle shifting over to the right side. He's had an up and down training camp. But I just want to see these guys opening lanes for the running backs, giving them more time to to throw that was such an issue for him last season just not having the confidence in his offensive line so these guys haven't played together much this preseason as we've said with some injuries battling other issues i'll be keeping my eyes on them and that might be the most important factor for me in this game and then of course we're always going to be watching the wide receivers marquise brown is back after missing much of the preseason with a hamstring injury sammy watkins seems like he's ready to go would love to see those guys just come out of the gates and it would really just give the ravens fans so much confidence and it would be so refreshing to see these guys making plays maybe a long touchdown pass or something just to get ravens fans excited about their wide receivers after so much talk this offseason would love to see Mark Andrews. Not really worried about him showing up. I know he will, but he's someone who's had a great 
preseason looks really good in training camp so i'll be keeping my eyes on those weapons and then maybe we see something from devin duvernay james prochet one of the two of them with more opportunity than they will likely get towards the end of the season once rashad bateman is back would love to see anything from them to me is an added bonus but hopefully they can step up and make some plays if you guys have been following me on Twitter, I've been tweeting out some stats that I have found interesting that I wanted to highlight here before I offer my prediction. But one note about the Ravens' defense. The last two games, the Ravens' defense were on the field. First, they allowed 10 points and 220 yards to the Buffalo Bills, who the Bills were the second-ranked team in the NFL last season during their regular season in points and yards. They averaged almost 400. They averaged 396 yards per game in the regular season, 31 points per game. The Ravens held them to 220 yards, so like 160 yards below their average, and 10 points. The final score was 17 to three. Ten, or I'm sorry, seven of those points came from a pick six from Lamar Jackson. So Ravens defense held a really good offense to 10 points, 220 yards, and then before that, no big deal. They only held Derrick Henry to 42 yards. He had 18 carries to get those 42 yards after he only rushed for 2,027 yards in the regular season. He had 18 touchdowns, averaged 126 yards per game. The Ravens held him to 42. So just want to remind everyone, in case you forget, the Ravens' defense is really good. They've lost a couple players, but I really have a lot of confidence in this defense. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be ready to play, and pretty impressive what they did last year in the postseason. Something else I tweeted out, it's been three years in a row the Ravens have just absolutely dominated in week one. So going all the way back to 2018, the Ravens and Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback destroyed the Buffalo Bills 47-3. to 2019 with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. His opening case as MVP in 2019, 59-10, perfect passer rating for Lamar, five touchdowns in the route versus Miami. And then last year, 2020, opening up the COVID season at home versus the Cleveland Browns, 38-6. So 47-3, 59-10, 38-6, those are just some absolutely dominating games. I'm not saying that the Ravens are going to – put up a score like that Monday night, but that just goes to show me John Harbaugh, when he has time to prepare for an opponent like a week one game, he's ready to go and his guys will be ready to play. And then just the last stat I have for you guys, Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown have been proven week one performers. Sammy Watkins going back to 2019, he put up nine catches, 198 yards and three touchdowns in the opening season, opening game in 2019. And then 2020 last year, he had seven catches for 82 yards and another touchdown. So two straight week one, Sammy Watkins has shown up in a big way. And then Marquise Brown in that game, 2019 versus the Dolphins, four catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns, just absolutely exploded onto the scene as a rookie. And then last year in that game versus the Browns, he had six catches, 101 yards, Love seeing him go over 100, 100 yards. So those two guys, what does that mean? I don't know exactly, but just means that they've shown up in week ones the past two years and would love to see the same thing happen this week. So 
With all that said, I think the Ravens come ready to play. These injuries to Gus and to JK and to Marcus Peters, they don't change much for me. The score might be a little bit closer, but these guys are going to be hungry. They're going to be ready to play for their boys. And I think if it takes Lamar carrying the offense, that's what he's going to do. I'm thinking Lamar runs for close to 100 yards. He's going to run at least one in on the ground, probably throws for two or three himself. I think the defense is going to be solid. They're going to force some turnovers. And ultimately, I see a 31-17 to win for the Baltimore Ravens. So would love to hear your guys' predictions. Let me know what you're thinking, what you're expecting, what you're hoping for. But I cannot wait for Monday night football. To wrap things up in this week's podcast, I wanted to look at what our fellow AFC North opponents will be doing this weekend, and there's some pretty big games going on. The Steelers, they're playing the Bills, a strong AFC matchup. Two playoff teams from last year. The Bills are coming off a trip to the AFC Championship game. They brought back most of their squad, and the Bills are going to be good this year. I fully expect them to win the AFC East. Josh Allen had an incredible season last year, MVP-like season, and the Bills are a really good football team. It'll be a really good test to see how good the Steelers are. We know the Bills will be good. I'm not sure how good the Steelers will be. Again, two playoff teams from 2020, so I'm really intrigued to see how the Steelers match up uh, against one of the strongest teams in the AFC. The Browns, they play the Chiefs, a rematch of the 2020 playoff game from last year. Again, two playoff teams, so it'll be really interesting to see how the Browns match up against the Chiefs, how the Steelers match up against the Bills. ton of people are picking the Browns to win the division this year. Again, I've talked about this. They have a really strong roster on paper. There's no arguing that. They have a chance to make a big statement right away by beating Kansas City. I don't think they do it, but it will be interesting to see how they hold up versus Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, Our two biggest threats in the AFC have really big matchups week one. If the Ravens can take care of business in Vegas, they could easily come back with a game up on the Browns and the Steelers. And then the Bengals, they play the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Decent matchup, a lot of LSU players, Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson in this matchup. Two decent teams. They have some talent. Not a ton going on here, really. Uh, I see the Vikings winning this game. The Bengals uh, will probably be solid this year. Might get to six, seven wins if all things go well. But I think it's going to take Joe Burrow some time to come back from that injury. And if things go poorly, they might be sitting on like three wins at the end of the season. So not a ton to say there. But just wanted to talk about the Browns and the Chiefs. That'll be a good matchup. And then Steelers-Bills. So I'll be keeping my eyes on those games on Sunday while we are waiting for the Ravens game Monday night. So, guys, that's going to do it for our episode this week. Again, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Let me know what you guys want to hear. If you have any questions, shoot them my way. But, again, that's going to do it this week. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. I'm going to give a quick recap after our game early in the week, and then I'll do another podcast later in the week to preview week two versus the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. So that's going to do it. Enjoy football this weekend, and let's go Ravens.